Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David, as always. Great show this week. We have AC Braddock of Eden Labs, which is the original extract uh, manufacturing company. They're over 25 years old, really a real OG in this industry. AC's been a part of it since 2009, so she's seen this crazy rise as well. We talk about how 80% of her business last year was hemp. It's been a crazy transition as the farm bill opened everything up. We also talk in depth about how she spends a lot of time educating investors in preparation for what will be actually their first raise. They've been bootstrapped for 25 years, but it's a great lesson for founders or executives uh, to sort of prime investors. Make sure they understand what you're talking about before you go in and pitch to them. Uh, it's a great episode with one of the top executives in the industry, guys. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Well, AC, thanks so much for joining us remote from Seattle. Uh, just first of all, how are you doing? I mean, it's kind of a crazy time. Is everything, are you maintaining? How's business? Um, business is, you know, it's nuts. Um, but really it, you know, it started before the COVID. It started with the, uh, the crashes of the IPOs in November, late November, um, especially in equipment manufacturing. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been interesting for a while now, (laughs) many months. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people know, um, you're a real fixture in the industry, but just tell us, uh, what's Eden Labs. Eden Labs is a 25-year-old extraction technology company. Um, We come from a viewpoint of R&D and lab technology, which then triggers how we build systems per whatever botanical that is. So we do a lot of um, off-the-shelf systems, but we also do a lot of custom, and we do a lot of product development and just proof of concept. So... um, makes us a little bit different than a lot of the manufacturers that came in the market for cannabis later who um, primarily make equipment. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them, right? (laughs) There are. And, um, you know, it's interesting because we were the first to do commercial. 25 (laughs) years ago. I mean, that must have been not cannabis at that point. You were extracting something else. Right? Oh no, he was. No? I mean, I was. I wasn't involved then. I didn't become CEO okay. until like 2009. But Fritz Chess, the founder of the company, um, that he was doing cannabis. He was doing kava kava. He. I think he was the first person to, to extract um, kava kava with CO2, which is primarily how um, it gets done. But interesting. Yeah. And it was CO2 originally, or it was all um, ethanol and everything else too? I mean, where, where did this start, I guess? It started with ethanol. And it started with, um, you know, he was doing extractions primarily for himself. Um, and also because he had, he was a science writer and he had written the story on um, shaman pharmaceuticals who would go to indigenous places and they would find shaman if they had found one shaman in one place and another shaman in another place that had no connection with each other and they were using the same botanical then they would bring that back and study it so he you know he's like wow that's so amazing so he started doing all these extractions 
And <clears throat> a friend of his said, dude, if you can, if you, if you can build more of these little things, I can sell them. Fritz was like, really? So they put, um, I think it was a little ethanol system in high times in like 1994, 1995. Oh, wow. um, and then from there, he did ethanol for many years and then he got to uh, a, um, a point where he was trying to extract things that are harder because cannabis and some other things are very, they, they um, extract easily. Mm -hmm. So he needed something a little stronger. So then he developed his own CO2 system. Um, I think that was about 1996 or 1997. And primarily because the ones that were out there were really expensive. They were generally huge. Um, they had all kinds of bells and whistles on them. And he just wanted something that would work, um, like a little workhorse system. Mm -hmm. And so he, he brought CO2 to, to people who could have never afforded it otherwise. Got it. Democratization of concentrates, something like that. Yeah. Um, so you said you started in 2009. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why did they bring you on? I mean, what were you doing and, and kind of why, why did you join this? I mean, you could have done a lot of things, I'm sure. And 2009 is like 100 years ago in weed years. <laughs> yes, it yes. Yeah. feels like it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, uh, I had no, I've known Fritz uh, since about 1999 um, and had been watching what he was been doing with all kinds of different botanicals and going up with a couple of friends of ours to Vancouver. Fritz still lived in Columbus, Ohio, where he's from. Mm -hmm. um, and I was in real estate um, and I was very successful and I loved it. And I was working on a built green project, so it was sustainable and you were fantastic. a developer or a, a yeah, broker? Yeah, <laughs> I, pr I primarily worked with developers in, in sales and marketing. Got it. Very cool. Yeah, and my family's been in real estate development for 40 years, something like there that. There are a lot of people in cannabis who came out of real estate. There sure are, yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah. But he, he wanted me to come run the company in about 2004, and I was like, uh, no. Um, cause I had these projects, this project I loved that any real estate agent in the Seattle area would have given their right arm for. Mm -hmm. So, um, then the crash came in 2008 I'm like, all right, I'm done. I am. I do, I do not want to become yeah. a foreclosure specialist. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather help build something that could actually turn into a, you know, yeah. a, a, a nationally legal um, you mean you didn't like taking away homes. people's homes? You didn't. You didn't like that. <laughs> oh no! I, I just futures. <laughs> I could not go down that path. Fair I enough. Mean, I mean, I, I I watched too many first-time buyers and how it it changed their entire aura and feeling about life itself. You know, like yeah. getting having that stability and being able to reach that goal was phenomenal. And yeah. to watch the demise of it, no. Sucks, yeah. So you yeah. say, "Hey, let me try this crazy weed thing." Like, how, were you were you a consumer at the time, or why weed? Why weed? Oh, I've been a consumer for since I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, and and on plus, you know, I I lived in the Pacific Northwest, which mm -hmm. this area, the Seattle area. I don't know if you know this little factoid, but um, they just did a study on uh, waste from different places in the world where they were measuring cannabinoids. And the Seattle, greater Seattle area has more cannabinoids than anywhere else on the planet. 
Wow. So I grew up in a very pot friendly yeah. way. I like mean, your, I, your parents, like were your parents into it too? Or no? Oh no, my parents are very straight. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Got it. They, um, they came to a little later, but they never, you know, like my dad knew pretty early um, as he said, well, I saw your friends in the backyard. What are you doing up there? I'm like, he's like, you were, you roll on your own. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Whatever do you mean, daddy? <laughs> so they knew they knew knew and they didn't care I mean they're just like yeah she's got good grades and she's fine and you know so well that's what matters that's what matters yeah (laughs) got it okay so you get it in 2009 and what is the state of the extraction industry at that point I mean could you how much how many available products were there even very few um there were no other co2 systems that were focusing on camp I mean up until just a couple of years ago, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of companies wouldn't even deal with anybody who's an ancillary company that had any association with cannabis at all. And we did lose a couple of, um, of projects and doing other botanicals because they looked us up. They're like, oh, you do pot extraction. But mm-hmm. there was no, there were, of course, there was ethanol. There been ethanol for thousands of years. Um, but there, we were the only commercial size ethanol mm. for ethanol and CO2. And we also did a co-solvent system. Mm. Um, that we worked explain on. That, explain that a little bit, what you mean by that. Um, we had a CO2 system that you could um, put uh, uh, propane in um, to a small percentage. And then um, also, well, today you can still put ethanol as a co-solvent in ours as well. So we did a whole array of different um, And the benefit products. of having two solvents is, is what in the process? Well, every solvent, you know, pulls out something a little bit different in a little bit different way, but generally it's to speed the extraction up uh, mm-hmm. when you use the coal solvent. Got it. Okay. And so would that result in a better or worse quality extract ultimately, the speed at which it's extracted? Well, you have to be tricky. You have to be careful with ethanol because ethanol is a, um, it's what you call an exhaustive extraction. It'll pull everything out of that pot material like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, but you can do it cold, but if you, it, and so it has to do with the amount of ethanol that you put in there and the time it resides in the material. Mm-hmm. So if it resides in there too long, it pulls the chlorophyll, everything out, which some people want that in there. Um, and then, you know, some people just want a, a clear, fluid but yeah Yeah. that would be the primary yeah um i find myself gravitating more and more to the full spectrum oils good for you um yeah particularly a a brand in oakland called chemistry which i've worked with for a long time beautiful product um but i do know that it's more expensive it's harder to do their their process is proprietary i'll put that in quotations but how much do you see that how much are people asking for not just distillate today um i think it's it's coming back i mean you know obviously for the beginning of all this it was everything was full spectrum and then um i would say around 2015 or so um some guys were doing uh, butane extractions and they screwed up the extraction and then to clean up the extraction, then they started doing these distillates. Mm. And um, 
I personally have never been a fan um, yeah. because I mean, I, we come at this from health and wellness and science. So iron in the cannabinoid system works with a whole plant the best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you start, you know, separating out molecules, it also starts complicating legalization mm -hmm. because you don't have thousands of years of anecdotal evidence um, that it hasn't been a problem for humans to imbibe. And, you know, I'm obviously extremely politically active too. So mm -hmm. I'm always thinking about all these things when I'm messaging what extraction and product development and how that's going to affect a business's um, path in a year, or two years, because the only reason we have a CBD market, for instance, you know, when you start separating that out, um, is because of prohibition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm a, full plant, uh, full spectrum believer, hands down. Mm -hmm. So because you create these large scale extraction methods, th there's no denying that distillate is cheaper to produce, right? And, and when, you, when you set up these huge facilities, we were talking before about MSOs that you work with, and I'm sure some, some Wall Street slick people as well, um, are they aware that the quality is lesser and they just don't care or are they just not that educated about it? They're not very educated. And um, all we have done, all I've done since 2009 is travel, 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 educate, educate, educate. Um, and so about a year and a half ago, I started, I'm like, all right, I have to start educating investors. So mm -hmm. that's what I've been doing a lot because I'll, I can stand up in front of a room of investors and there'll be 50 people maybe in the room and I'm like, who knows what a terpene is? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe half the room will, you know, they, they, they don't know. And you know, they, 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 they hear business plans like, well, we have a full, full spectrum CBD distillate. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you can put buzzwords together, but they don't necessarily make sense. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that doesn't even exist. <laughs> it's uh, not a thing. That's hilarious. Um, it's sad. Yeah, it's sad and hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, give us some idea of kind of the scale of the business today, however you want to do that in terms of customers or, you know, what, whatever KPI kind of gets you up in the morning. For Eden in general or the industry in general? Well, I'll take both, but let's start with Eden, yeah. Um, well, we, we you know, make a whole different array of different kinds of systems and sizes. And um, we are in process of building, or getting ready to build a, a couple of really large scale systems. So, multiple vessels of 1,000 liters or 2,000 liter systems. Okay. Um, and obviously that's kind of where it's eventually going to go because uh, CO2 is so inexpensive as a solvent. You don't have to worry about the waste material. You don't have to have um, storage that's, you know, for ethanol or something else that's more explosive. Um, so that, that gets me up. Um, but also just the, the progress that we're making as an industry for health and wellness. And I think uh, 
I just read recently that women for the first time have led the market in purchasing. Mm. And, mm. you know, I've been looking for that for a while now for that, for that, that tipping point to happen. Because that's how it is in all other industries, right? They're, they're right. all the decision makers. Yeah. yeah. Um, fascinating. I think one of the best examples of how far we've come is that in the legal states, uh, cannabis has been deemed essential. Yes. That's insane for me. I mean, even like five years ago in California, yeah. that would have been like unheard of, you know, like, and it wasn't even a big deal. They're like, oh yeah, it's like the pharmacy. And I was yeah. like, whoa, whoa, that's cool. Yeah. I know it is. Um, I mean, again, but it's fabulous, but it's also sad because, you know, the industry still can't get banking. They still can't get access to these federal programs because mm -hmm. they're federally legal. Yeah. So once again, when you, it's, it's just this really frustrating thing to watch as the industry starts to get to a point where, oh my God, it's, this is going to be it. Everything's going to break open. It's going to be fabulous. And then something happens, you know, like when Jeff Sessions came in, right? That was huge because mm -hmm. the industry was, there was people who had gotten over the stigma to some degree. There was uh, financiers ready to jump in and then he came in and it's like, there's always something that keeps checking us. Yep. And, yep. uh, so, yeah. Not to mention like taxes. <laughs> and taxes. Yes. Well, and here in Washington state, we have the highest taxes on the industry in the country. That's insane. I mean, you know, when I look at, they raised the taxes in California just in January. Um, and any kind of economist that's looking at the industry as a whole across the country, there's no recommendation which makes sense to raise taxes here, right? And so then it begs the question, at least for me, this little spidey sense, suspicion goes off of like, well, how intentional is this at this point? Like, is it, are they trying to make it hard to be in this industry? Oh yeah, I think they absolutely are. They don't know what to do with it. I mean, pharmaceutical companies, they, they don't know what to do. They can't touch it. They want to, but they can't. Um, and they just, they, and, and there's, and they, they scale back the FDA. There's not, a, there's just not enough people to manage it. And then of course the IRS has been scaled back too. So it goes back. It's all political. Yeah, of course. It's, it's all, all political. <laughs> And and moral, I think, still to some degree, right? I, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that still say, oh, well, it gets you high, it's dirty, you know, whatever. I mean, there must be because there's still this sort of like, thankfully, they're dwindling, but there's still mm -hmm. this like very loud minority that's just haters, just hate. I mean, there's no other way to yeah. really classify it, I feel like. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so... I want to talk a little bit about your fundraising history and just kind of like you've come from 2009. So it's, it's been wild. I'm sure the ups <laughs> and downs yes. of all of this. And so I'm going to let you answer however you like to, but like, are you guys still interested in raising money? Is that something you need to do? I'm sure you would have a ton of takers because you must have a lot of really big customers, right? Um, Yes, we have had a lot of interest over the years, but because the equipment is so expensive, the amount of money somebody we would need for somebody to be involved is, you know, right. a lot. So yeah. they had, it had to be big money. Yeah. And also it had to be the right people. And we've had, a, we've talked to a, a couple of people in the last couple of years that um, I liked 
we jived. It was pretty good. But then, well, Jeff Sessions was one of the ones that mm. kind of blew apart that one. Um, but we have bootstrapped yeah. for, 20, for 25 years. Yeah. But at this point, yes, we are, we're looking to do a raise. Interesting. Um, and is there something that you're looking to grow into or you just don't want to bootstrap anymore or kind of why that decision? Well, we continue to innovate um, on the extraction systems, um, post-processing um, and multiple other ways. And it's just really difficult to do all of that R&D on a system and then, you know, market it. Because it's, you know, like when you, it just costs a lot of money. Yeah. And it's getting to a point now where there's so much competition that reacting and bringing those products to market faster is more necessary. Mm. And, you know, it also helps the industry grow. Mm -hmm. um, so. Oh, that's interesting. Just, I mean, kind of R&D is what you said, I think, which is yeah. a great reason to raise money. Yeah. Um, you mentioned CBD a little bit earlier. I'm sure a good portion of your business has turned into hemp and CBD. Did you expect that? Did you oh, yeah. see that coming? Yeah, you yeah. saw that coming. And and what percentage would you estimate it is today versus your THC business? Um, I would say that, well, this last year was probably 80%. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of, but we're, now we're seeing more um, cannabis starting to come back into the mix um, as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's looking like it's starting to level out, mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting. That is interesting. I mean, but, well, it's the primary reason is because of the ridiculous arbitrary 0 0.03 THC and hemp yep. fields and the lack of understanding about, <clears throat> well, the supply chain. You know, there's no reliable supply chain to get seeds and genetics. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of these farmers who are coming in, you know, it's a Hail Mary for them who are in tobacco or soybeans. Or, and they don't have a full understanding of what cannabis is, you know, pulling it from the ground when it's developed different sets of cannabinoids um, and what to look for. I mean, it's just... And some of these states are like, all right, well, your fields come in hot and we're going to burn it all. Yeah. So they don't even know if, about the extraction process at all. They're like, well, you could remediate that. No, uh -huh. they just burn the whole field, which is a weird. Um, very strange. Very, uh, you know, it's very ironic too. I it's think like, it's particularly strange for people like us who value cannabis, right? Because the idea of burning something with a lot of THC in it is like blasphemous, right? But when it's <laughs> just CBD, it's kind of like this like throwaway idea, like, oh, it's just hemp. And I, I don't fully understand that. I, I guess that's just a matter of legislation, right? It's like risk yes. and supply and demand and, and all those good things. So obviously the rise of CBD and hemp is great for your business. You sell equipment. Mm -hmm. um, make, a, make a projection here though. Like, do we really have that much demand for hemp extract in the world? What's going to happen is kind of what we've already talked about a little bit. And that is people are going eventually to understand that the CBD product is best in its whole plant form. 
So you're going to need all the, the terpenes and all the minor cannabinoids and all the other things in there. And we're going to get away from an isolate CBD market. And, you know, that's twofold. One of the things is just the, the medicinal value in our cannabinoid system. And the other thing is people coming in the market who are, you know, selling snake oil. There's no CBD in there. Or it's, you know, they say there's 50 milligrams and there's, you know, nine. Yep. Um, so that's going to turn a lot of people off. And then you got things that never make any sense, like CBD mascara, or, <laughs> you know. Or the pillow. Yeah, the pillow. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, look, I'm, I'm a capitalist, right? And there's a sucker born every minute. But how, just like use your brain, you know, like how, how could that work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are some other ones you've seen? You seen any other more ridiculous uh, CBD products out there? Oh, when Carl's Jr. came out with the CBD, you know, cheeseburger. I mean, when that came out, I was like, oh my god, they're gonna. This is gonna be just insane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when the farm bill passed, and um, we are the, uh, the ethanol side of our business just blew up. Yeah. I mean, it was all ethanol all the time, uh, which is great because we had. Those that we had just finished redoing the design on all those systems. Um, but it was also disturbing for the reasons I mentioned, because I knew a lot of these farmers weren't going to make it because they didn't have a good enough understanding of what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of people who are getting in with ethanol were doing it because it was a little bit less expensive than doing the CO2. So now we're seeing more and more CO2 because um, there's more and more markets, especially internationally, Mm -hmm. for pharmaceutical grade product and there's this they don't even mention any other kind of way to extract it's like they want co2 that's it yep so um that's what we're seeing now and what i i like to promote is the efficiencies of using both methodologies because it vastly increases the amount of products that you can create and shortens the time frame to do it all mm. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you have a, I find that I like more of the CO2 products than other products. Do you have a favorite solvent? Do you have a favorite extraction? I mean, what, what do you consume? What, what do you smoke? Um, I like the, I like this, I like the CO2 extracted vape pens um, that are created by companies who understand how to make sauce. Mm -hmm. with co2 yeah and um you want to shout out and, any brands something you like in, in uh yeah halo puffin uh -huh. farms uh -huh. um like bright labs in in california yeah, uh, yeah. golden barn uh -huh. california and colorado and they're also just great human beings and yeah. they understand the entire market and like halo for instance came out with a cbg product last year mm -hmm. early Very cool. yeah. yeah so um i like i like a lot of our customers who really um oh olala here in washington too they make a fantastic um co2 product but i primarily um imbibe tincture got it okay thc tincture cbd mm -hmm. cbg thc tincture yeah and, and that's your main mode of yeah it's a full spectrum ethanol yeah. extraction um, that either is reconstituted back into my favorite is to put it back into hemp oil, remove all the al alcohol, put it back into hemp oil. Cause we've decided that it, it like, it brings 
some other little wonderful edge mm. in, in, to the experience. Um, but then sometimes we'll just do it ethanol and um, filter out the chlorophyll. And sometimes like that, I want the chlorophyll in there. So. Um, I love tinctures, um, but I find it's not very much fun. <laughs> um, it, it, it can be very, it can be dangerous. Well, yeah, no, it certainly can be powerful, but just like yeah. the, the act of smoking cannabis. Oh, I don't know. Just like, yeah. Socially. And I, it's just ingrained in me, maybe for better or worse, maybe mostly worse. Maybe I should just be <laughs> tinctures and edibles and beverages. What do you think of the beverages? Are you, are you, have you tried many of those yet? Oh yeah. And, um, Olala here in Washington state has a, a terpene um, soda, which is basically a seltzer with terpenes in it. And some of them, have, you know, and they're fantastic. And um, so it's great to put a little, use those as a cocktail base. Yeah. And find the right yeah. liquors that match with the terpene profiles, totally. which, is, which is super fun. Yeah. Uh, I really like a company called Can. C-A-N-N, -N, a small company startup. It's in Venice here. I think oh, okay. we'll release that episode next week, but very cool. They've raised a bunch of money, like tech money, and they're doing it, but it's really small, two milligrams THC, two milligrams CBD, and you're supposed nice. to drink like six of them. You know, it's supposed to be like a beer or something. So it's kind of cool. I, they're okay. really, it's my favorite one though. So if you ever get a chance to- Well, I am intrigued, I'm definitely, because we, we do get to Venice once in a while. Yeah, well, when all this nonsense is over, come over and um, I'll give you a tincture. <laughs> uh, I want to switch gears and just talk about you a little bit. I mean, you've been doing this for so long. You're, you're like one of the top executives in this shit at this point. I don't know if you plan to be there, but you certainly are. A lot of people know your name. Um, but how do you stay informed? Like when you wake up, you, you seem to have this breadth of knowledge across the industry. What are the things you read? What are the things that you listen to? Oh, I am a sponge for information. Um, I'm constantly going around looking at um, political publications and cannabis publications. And then it, it's not just me, too, because Fritz Chess, who's my business partner, um, you know, has a degree in journalism. So mm -hmm. he's a wealth of information. Yeah. Um, and then just talking to our customers and that, um, being on the, I was, you know, I just stepped down from being on the board of directors from NCIA mm -hmm. and having that group of people. Um, and then I'm also on the board of directors for Washington state's cannabis Alliance, which is mm -hmm. our state's largest. So you just can't help, but hear everything. You yeah. know, it's like what political problems, what, you know, what's, regulatory issues and, and actually from being in the extraction end of it we're kind of out of ahead of the market all of the time where you know we I saw what was going to happen when when distillate came in I saw when they started talking about CBD back in 2012 like I realized like we're eventually going to figure out that CBD alone isn't the thing yeah. And, and then now it's like GMP, ISO, you know, all the, um, so it, it's a different place to be when you're creating a market, actually. I mean, yeah. that's what we're, we're doing. We're creating the next market. Well, and obviously you guys are really good at adapting. 
changing and growing because the extraction moves fast. <laughs> right? I mean, there's all it does. There's new something every day, you know, there's yeah. sauce, diamonds and whatever other words they can come up with. I don't know. Um, yeah. um, let's see. Favorite book you've ever given anyone? Doesn't have to be cannabis related. Um, I really, one of the things that really drove me down this path to get into plants and herbs is um, health and wellness and nutrition was Andrew Viles, Dr. Andrew Viles' book, The Natural Mind. Okay. Yeah. I haven't read and it. Haven't it's, read. It's, it's interesting. Um, and you can see how it could be a platform for somebody like myself to have gotten into this and to get in it to the way that I did from a, a medical um, direction. Mm -hmm. um, I love Malcolm Gladwell, particularly mm -hmm. his book, Blink. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's been extremely helpful for me as a business person. Um, in trusting your initial instincts instead of like having more people throw data at you until the point where you're like, oh, well, maybe, you know, and you start doubting your initial instinct. Mm. And most of the time, and after this many years of being in business, that is the biggest regret I have. And that is not having listened to my intuition enough and not having felt, you know, just second guessing myself because I look back and I was like, I was often right. And I could have pressed harder. Yeah. You know, yep. I could have just gone stuck to for your it. Guns. You should have stuck to your guns and, and did it. Yeah. Yep. That's fascinating. I think that's really good advice um, because ultimately if we don't follow our own truth or our own mm -hmm. intuition, like what are we? Right. Then we're just kind yeah. of like machines or something. I, I mm -hmm. don't know. That, that's what separates us. Um, yeah. And then the other, sorry. And then the other uh, book that I ha I handed out for years to every young woman that I could like have listened to me was the handmaid's tale. Uh-huh. Got it. Got and, uh, then <laughs> look what happened with, uh, you know, that, and then they came out with the whole series. Never read it. Never seen it. Was the show as good as the book or which one do you like more? Um, I actually have not watched the show because uh -huh. okay. um, I've heard it's really graphic and the book was pretty disturbing, but it is extremely important um, because currently what's happening with our um, elections and our legal process and the Supreme Court wait, um, we are not that far away in huh. my opinion. Okay. Well, man, we all have to check it out. Um, watch a couple episodes or so. Um, since you've been in the industry so long, pre-legalization, all, all, how do you feel about where we are today? I know it's a general question, but when you wake up in the morning and you think, because you're, you're one of the drivers of this industry, you know, like, how do you feel about where we are today? I feel like, like the industry itself has, I was afraid of, a couple of years ago that it was going to become very business as usual, where the only concern was money, 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 and, you know, creating IPOs and, and in the last year, a few things have happened to check that. Um, one of them was the vape pen crisis, which I think had a lot to do with pushing people back to full spectrum. Mm -hmm. The other thing was, um, you know, the crash of many of the 
cannabis companies in Canada. And it has, it has allowed more time for education to happen around the cannabinoid system and terpene profiles and what different cannabinoids do. And so I think that the push from the market itself has um, coming from a health and wellness and sustainability viewpoint and also social equity, there's, there's still a big driving force from that within the industry. Mm -hmm. And I think it's starting to spread out um, so that other people be, are beginning to understand and see that. But it is still unbelievably frustrating that we have pushback from, you know, a couple of dozen people in Congress who are holding it all back. Mm -hmm. The very loud minority, as we talked about a little bit earlier. So make a prediction. What's the best thing for cannabis in November? Or does that matter in November? I mean, you know, is, is Joe Biden going to legalize cannabis? You know, I would not be surprised that he does something to at least have banking accessible mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. um, that makes it like, you know, when, you know, Obama was in um, and, you know, he, he created some safety, you know, some, uh, some pillars for the industry to grow on state by state by his, you know, his attorney general selection. And I think that probably Biden would have similar, a similar cabinet who is a little bit more aware, obviously, than the Trump administration yeah. is on cannabis. So um, I think we have a far better chance of getting a few more things, if not, definitely, if not in the next four years, definitely in the next eight, if we don't continue to go down this super conservative pathway. Right. Well, regardless, Trump only gets one more term <laughs> if, if he wants. And, that, and then after yeah. that, if you look through history, after eight years of one side, it's almost always shifts to the other. That, side. that is true. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a bloodbath leading up to November. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I'm in California and I have weed so that I, I can feel a little less of that pain as it comes down. Um, well, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for joining us. How can we help you? Are you hiring for something? Uh, how can the audience help you guys? Um, I would love it if everybody would go into their retail stores and ask where the product was grown, what exactly is in the product as far as cannabinoids, terpenes, um, just create a relationship really locally with the farmer and the producer processor and, um, and start so that there can be a, because all those bud tempters are the front lines of education. And if we can start educating everybody more about what different cannabinoids do and that we can start getting away from, oh, it's a sativa or, oh, it's a hybrid. And we can look on the package Calm. and read the label. <laughs> Calm. Sleep. <laughs> yeah. And if we can just, you know, have... You know, we read ingredients on other packages. I mean, why, what, it's, it's like, it's almost second nature for a lot of people. And they're like, all right, well, this one's got these top five cannabinoids and these top three terpenes. I mean, Leafly's new program is fabulous. 
Mm-hmm. So I just ask that everybody just really start doing your research and what it is you're inviting and why you're doing it. Love that. Uh, this was great. Thanks so much for joining us. It, even in this crazy time, we were able to smile and have some laughs and I yep. appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, no one should feel like they're, they have failed because they're having a hard time. No. And it, it is what it is. And, you know, just hang in there. I mean, the people in this industry, the tenacity is, always amazes me. And, um, you know, we're here for each other. I like that. All right, AC, thanks so much again. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. It's great.